You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo, for the second consecutive day. I am talking about, unfortunately for East Carolina as a team, one of its best players on the current roster, arguably one of the best players in school history at his position, is entering the NFL draft. Jaquan McMillan, after three years at East Carolina, has declared for the 2022 NFL draft. On Friday, it was slot receiver Tyler Sneed. And today it is Jaquan McMillan, the standout cornerback and one of the best cover corners in America, basically by every metric, interceptions, pass breakups, coverage grades, according to Pro Football Focus. And again, it's a a, a big blow to the ECU football team for next year's hopes of potentially making a title run, a title push for the American Athletic Conference Championship. And, you know, you lose an All-American cornerback, you lose your leading receiver. Those are two massive hits to next year's roster, to next year's expectation. I mean, I think most Pirate fans, not to go on some huge uh, commentary here, but I think most Pirate fans, when, when quarterback Colton Aylers announced he was returning for the 2022 season, taking advantage of his fifth year of eligibility, turning down the chance to go pro like McMillan and Snead are – I think most people kind of assume you would have the nucleus of your football team back. The nucleus being Holton Aylers, Tyler Sneed, uh, Jaquan McMillan, C.J. Johnson, some of your better defensive players who technically could declare, et cetera, et cetera. And now to lose two of those key members, uh, it's, it's a huge hit. And so we'll get into that, what ECU can do going forward to try and make up for the loss of McMillan. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if they'll be able to just based on his solo standout play. He's he's the best kind of cover corner that I have covered, no pun intended, since uh, getting on the ECU beat in, in 2011. And also since growing up watching ECU, he's the best cover corner I've seen since Emmanuel Davis, probably even better than, uh, than ED. So it's a loss. And similar to Tyler Sneed, this was a situation where over the last week, started to hear some chatter that he might turn pro, specifically the last few days as he went home for Christmas break. Spent some time uh, in Texas actually training and uh, I think spending some time with some of his family out there. For whatever reason, decided to change his mind and go pro because going into Christmas break after the bowl game when Nolan Johnson declared for the, uh, the transfer portal, I reached out to a team source, and the expectation at that time was Jaquan McMillan would return for his fourth season of eligibility. He had another year to go to get his degree. Uh, it, it just made more sense for Jaquan to come back from a academic standpoint and based on the feedback he was getting from scouts. But something changed over Christmas break, and again, these guys go home, they talk with their families, they talk with their friends, and you know, when they're away from campus, people get in their ear, for better or for worse. And for Jaquan, he made the individual decision that now is the best time for him to go pro. 
rather than return for his fourth year of eligibility. And again, we talked about it yesterday with Tyler Snead, but the biggest hit here is for the team perspective, you had the chance to really, okay, you, you had the breakthrough year, seven and five, get to your first bowl game. But if you bring everybody back, if everybody decides to unite and come back for the 2022 season, it just, there's so much more hype. There's so much more potential for that team if you have all the pieces, all the proven parts. You know, I'm not saying another corner can't emerge. I'm not saying another receiver can't step up and fill in the, the, the shoes of Tyler Sneed. But, you know, the more question marks you have, the more uncertainties you have, typically leads to, you know, the more holes you're going to have because you can't plug every single hole. And all of a sudden, instead of just needing to fix your offensive line, your pass rush, now you need to go out, you need to find a reliable receiver. You need to either develop or find another cornerback. So now you're starting to see some more potential chinks in the armor for the 2022 version of the ECU football team. Granted, we still have a whole spring, a whole summer before we get to next fall, and a lot can change between now and then. You just hope this is the last significant loss for ECU, whether it be to the draft or the transfer portal. And with the way college football is going, it's you never know, man. Day to day, it's almost hour to hour. Sometimes, you know, covering this sport, you hear one thing one day, the next day you're hearing the complete opposite. I mean, guys are changing their mind. Uh, you know, I really felt like Jaquan was going to come back, and for whatever reason, he ended up making the decision to move on. And um, again, you can make the argument how much can he improve his stock. You know, we talked about that yesterday with Tyler Sneed. Tyler Sneed, I felt like, was maxed out four years produce at a high level and he wasn't going to get bigger wasn't going to get stronger Jaquan I feel like yeah he can't improve his stock with so much similar to Tyler Sneed he's limited in his upside due to his size and that's just how scouts look at things but I still feel like he could have done more to elevate his stock he struggled in the season finale against Cincinnati against bigger receivers uh, he struggled against some bigger receivers towards the uh the the beginning of the year with with, uh, with South Carolina specifically in one-on-one coverage, if he could have came back, improved that level of play, and just a tad improved his run defense numbers, he ended up missing uh, eight tackles on the year. He had a few glaring missed tackles, you know, the one at Houston in overtime, which led to that touchdown uh, on the bigger running back, Alton McCaskill. So there are some things he could have cleaned up. He also – he's only played – According to Pro Football Focus, 41 snaps in the slot at corner compared to 1,762 snaps at outside corner. And in the NFL, he's going to be playing in the slot. I mean, it's highly doubtful that he's going to be playing on the outside. At least the majority of the time, he will play in the slot just due to his size. He profiles as a nickel corner. And you can make a lot of money as a nickel corner, but most of those guys are lower round picks, undrafted free agents because of their height, because of their length. Now, a lot of those guys end up making it. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of those guys end up making it just because they're that good at covering people. And Jaquan, quite simply, is that good. He was the highest-ranked cornerback in terms of coverage this past season. Now, he's going to have to improve as a tackler. Uh, I think anybody that watches ECU football thinks he's a, a good tackler, if not a well-above-average tackling cornerback, especially for his size. But you know, there's a difference between tackling people at this level and then tackling NFL running backs, NFL receivers. So he's going to have to improve his run defense as a nickel, and he's going to have to continue to cover at an elite level, which I think he can do. I think Jaquan's got a shot to make it in the NFL. I really do. I think he's as good 
uh, a player as I've seen come through ECU. So from the standpoint of, you know, him versus Tyler Sneed, who's more likely to get drafted, it's definitely Jaquan McMillan. I think he's got an actual draft grade. And I think now that he's declared for the draft, more teams will really look at his film, really study him, and there's a potential that he could even sneak up maybe in the middle rounds. But what I'm hearing is probably fifth, sixth, seventh round pick um, just based off the, you know, the lack of size. And so I, I and there were scouts I, that I, I, I heard from as far as sources that the feeling was if, if Jaquan McMillan would have came back for his 2022 season, had another great year, improved in some key areas, he could have been a surefire middle round pick. And that's a few million dollars difference. So, you know, he's leaving that opportunity on the table. Maybe he increases his draft stock with a good uh, pro day, some good workouts in the, the months to come. Again, we can't fault a kid for, for chasing his dream. Uh, Would have liked to seen him come back and, and finish his degree for now and play another year with this team. Certainly, I would have. Uh, it just didn't work out that way. And, and it's, you know, it's disappointing for the team. Again, I'm happy for Jake Juan. Hope he ends up making it in the league. And, and uh, it's been a while since DCU has had a cornerback in the league. So uh, there's there's an opportunity for him to make it, and I'm pulling for him 100%. So as far as how this affects ECU going forward, from a defensive perspective, you know, Blake Carroll, the defensive coordinator, really had the luxury to kind of play at times his cornerbacks this past season and for some time the past two years on an island. You know, Jaquan, Jaquan McMillan – was good enough to where you could trust him in one-on-one coverage more times than not on the perimeter. Malik Fleming was good enough more times than not. You could trust him on the perimeter. And now you're taking one of those puzzle pieces away. Now that side of the field is not going to be locked down. You might have to shade a safety, shade a nickel, etc., do some things to cover that side up if you don't develop or find another lockdown cornerback. Uh, the good news for ECU is Blake Harrell's scheme is extremely versatile, extremely creative, I think even if they can't replace Jaquan McMillan's coverage skills, they can get better, uh, specifically up front as they continue to develop guys. They can get better at safety. They can get better at linebacker to kind of help mask maybe some weaknesses at corner if that ends up being an issue. But the other thing from talking with people on the team is I feel like they feel fairly good about the secondary as a whole. Not only do you have Malik Fleming coming back, but you got some young corners who really have waited for their time but just haven't been able to play due to the depth at corner between Nolan Johnson, Malik Fleming, and Jaquan McMillan. With McMillan and Johnson moving on, and yes, I'm hearing Johnson unlikely to come back from the portal uh, and, and reattend ECU, you've got some young guys who will get an opportunity to develop. Uh, Demel Hickman is going to his, I believe, fourth or fifth year in the program, and he's been a steady special teams guy. He's played well in practice. He's kind of been waiting for his time. And he could be a guy that takes a leap. Uh, Sean Tucker, Jaden Chalmers, C.J. Crump, several second, first-year guys, third-year guys in Tucker's case this coming year who have been developing, working on their strength, getting stronger, waiting for their time. Pretty highly recruited recruits, good athletes, have shown well in practice. I think all those guys have a chance to be good cover coverage players in time. The other factor is you have Steve Ellis, who I think is one of the best cornerback coaches ECU has had in years. I mean, he has produced uh, multiple pros at his previous stops between Middle Tennessee State and South Florida. Obviously, he's doing that here at ECU with Jaquan McMillan. Uh, Malik Fleming one day might have a chance to get a shot as well if he continues to improve. 
uh, as he has the last few years. So I feel good as long as Steve Ellis is still the coach and as long as they don't lose anybody else unexpectedly. The other factor is you got some safeties with cornerback skill sets. I mean, you're extremely deep at safety with all that's coming back there. Juwan Powell was initially recruited as a corner. He played his freshman year as a corner before moving late in the year to safety. He could slide over to corner if needed. Jordan Huff played cornerback at Hutchinson Community College. He could slide to corner. Julius Wood uh, has played some cornerback. He's uh, another former Juco guy. So you've got multiple guys, whether they're big, uh, bigger like Huff and Wood or more fast like Jawan Powell that you can move to corner with some different skill sets and still have adequate depth at safety uh, with some of the guys coming back there. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it hurts. It definitely hurts. You don't want to ever lose a player of Jaquan McMillan's status, but I do think the roster is in good enough shape from a corner perspective where you could get by not necessarily going out to the portal and adding someone uh, just to add someone. It has to be the right fit if ECU is going to add someone. Um, th- there's no doubt that, in my opinion, still, even with the loss of McMillan, the biggest need for the defense is continuing to increase the pass rush in terms of not having to rely on the blitzing so much. Because if you don't rely on the blitzing, then you can play more coverage. And that way, you know, you can mask some of the issues on the back end. You know, late in the year, they started to play some more zone, mix it up, not blitzing as much. And they started to play better pass coverage at times. So hopefully uh, that's a trend that can continue as guys like Jeremy Lewis, Chad Stevens, Emmanuel Hickman, Rick DeBrew continue to develop as pass rushers. And there's still a threat they could add another pass rusher in the portal as the spring moves along. So, again, two big losses for East Carolina. There's no doubt uh, in terms of tough tough 48 hours if you're an ECU football fan. You know, you lose Tyler Sneed, and I wrote it, wrote it today. Tyler Sneed is your fourth all-time leader in receptions in school history. He's fifth in receiving yards and seventh in receiving touchdowns. He was also an all-conference return man on multiple occasions. You take that puzzle piece out. Then on the defensive side, you have a lockdown corner, the highest-graded corner in terms of coverage in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. You know, those guys don't grow on trees, so that's two significant losses. Um, you know, it's worth noting, originally all, three, all two of these guys were recruited by Scotty Montgomery's staff and then developed by Mike Houston, uh, Jaquan McMillan ended up signing with Coach Houston's staff after he committed initially to uh, Brandon Lynch. It will be interesting to see if Brandon Lynch, who is with the Cleveland Browns, ends up trying to make a pitch for the Browns to take Jaquan McMillan if he ends up staying in Cleveland. So that's something to watch as we head into the draft process. But, you know, tough times for the 2022 roster, uh, but you're happy for the guys individually. I really think. You know, both are, both these guys, they're going to be considered undersized in the pre-draft process, and that's going to hurt them from a draft stock perspective. But pound for pound are going to be two of the best players. They're going to go down as two of the best players in ECU football history. Unfortunately, we won't see them have a chance to play on maybe one of the better ECU teams in recent memory this coming season and possibly even 2023 with kind of the way their roster and recruiting is trending. But, you know, they were a major part of a turnaround under Coach Houston, where the Pirates were able to snap a seven-year span of losing seasons with this winning season, 7-5 and five in 2021. And they played a major role in that, and they'll always be able to say that 
provided some huge highlights throughout their time. You know, McMillan's pick six against Charleston Southern ended up being a game winner. He had the game-winning pick to seal the deal at Marshall. He had other just crucial plays throughout his career. I believe he finishes with 12 picks in three years, which is an outstanding number. Um, But again, passes up on his final two years of eligibility to head to the pros. He did say in his statement it was one of the hardest decisions of his uh, of his life. I think he said it was the hardest decision. So, I, you know, I know this place means a lot to both uh, Jaquan and Tyler, and I'm sure it's not easy to walk away, but they also have to pursue their dreams. And we wish them the best of luck at Hoist the Colors, uh, undoubtedly. So, again, just wanted to hop on quick for a second straight emergency podcast. Again, not the best news. So sorry, Pirate fans. Uh, we kind of alluded to this a few days ago in VIP on the message board once I got wind that Jaquan was looking into uh, heading into the draft. So uh, I know for those who don't subscribe, you know, it probably came as a pretty big shock. Um, and it came as a shock to me when I heard the news just a couple days ago. I just was not expecting this. And so still personally trying to process it a little bit. But we'll continue to break things down and we'll have the follow-up you know, throughout the the coming days, the coming weeks in terms of where ECU goes from here. You know, no two individual players are bigger than the program. I still say you want to get your program to the point where you are having these tough conversations because you lose talent to the professional ranks. And once you reach this stage, you want to get into the point where, say, where Cliff Godwin is with the baseball program, hey, they're losing talent to the draft every year. What are they doing? They're recruiting and they're developing guys to become draft picks to follow. And, you know, Coach Godwin has done a great job of, yeah, he's laying some top 200, top 300 recruits, and those guys have panned out. But he's also taking guys like Alec Burleson, who weren't even high-level recruits, and he's developed them into high-major prospects. So that's what ECU needs to continue to do. Again, McMillan was a solid recruit. He was pretty highly recruited, had some uh, major offers coming out of high school, chose ECU, and he ended up being one of the best players in school history. Tyler Snead, a walk-on, turns into one of the best players in school history. So player development will continue to be a crucial role to fill these guys' roles. Uh, I, I think Coach Houston and his staff have done a good job of, of obtaining talent via the portal, but more importantly, finding talent on the recruiting market where maybe a guy's underrated, overlooked. Well, hey, let's redshirt him, develop him, turn him into this guy in two to three years. And now we're reaching that point where we should see some of those guys continue to emerge on the roster in the years to come. So looking forward to what happens throughout spring ball because that will be a crucial period not only for recruiting as they continue to look into the portal but for that player development stage of things. All right, well, that will do it for this short edition of the Hoist the Colors podcast. Again, just wanted to hop on and talk about Jaquan McMillan's uh, crucial decision to head to the draft wanted to hop on and talk about Jaquan McMillan's decision to head to the 2022 NFL Draft. The surprising news to conclude, hopefully, a surprising weekend in terms of NFL Draft news for ECU football. We'll be back with you, whether it's more breaking news, recruiting stuff, or just team talk next week. Going to try to get a guest on to kind of break down really where ECU goes from here to fill both of these voids. But appreciate you guys hopping on. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast.